The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. People need to hear about a loving Savior that didn't feel the way they thought he felt toward them. That his love has not changed upon their life. That, that they are still being drawn by the Holy Spirit. And they know it. But they're still in confusion. They're still being blinded by the world. And their heart is going to break open. And God is going to penetrate because of your generosity in this community. The lost is still waiting for the drawing of the Holy Spirit to continue to bring them in. How many of you remember a story in the Old Testament? He said, set the hook in their jaw and bring them in. I'm believing that for Warsaw. I'm believing that because I know that's your heart. Your heart is just like mine to save the lost. Amen? Can you lift your hand with me and say, I'm one of those people that want to see the lost come in? I'm going to pray for you right now. Father in heaven, I thank you that we stand here on your earth and we are your people and you live inside of us. And God, I thank you that every ounce of power that we need comes from the inside out. And as you flow in your people, we will be the witnesses, not because we have to, not because we're told to, but because there's a love that's down deep inside of each one of us that wants to flow out. It's not by chance that these folks are called the river because the river of life is teeming with life. And out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water and saturate the dry ground and move things that need to be moved so people can be set free and come into a right relationship with Almighty God by the blood of Jesus Christ and become Lord and Savior to them. In Jesus' name, empower, stir up what's in us, and let the power come forth to do your will. In Jesus' name. Not because we have to, but because we want to. And we love you because you first loved us. And it's you alone that will use us. Help us to understand the power of submission. Surrender all to your work and your ways and your love and your grace. And your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Not sure what happened there. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to sing that song for you this morning. I feel my voice cracking already. I get excited when I go out. But I get excited at home too. I serve an exciting God. I've never met him to be dull. You read about his path, his journey while he was here. There was always exciting things happen. I mean, you come on. The, the, I mean, eyes were being opened from being blind. The dead was being raised. I mean, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? I have a tender spot in me that uh, I can't uh, seem to get away from. But this morning, I come to bring you good news. How many of you know the gospel means good news? Aren't you tired of CNN, Fox, your, nat, your local stations? Their news is not very good. I very seldom find anything good on the local news. Once in a while, I very seldom find anything really good on any of them. 
But I want you to know today that I come to bring you good news. And that you are a distributor of good news. The script that's written in your heart. The scroll that lives in you. The word of God is good news this morning. And I want you to know that. Reaffirm that in you. That you might be excited about sharing good news. You see, the only way that I'm going to be effective in this life is if I let him have me. You know that struggle called the flesh and the spirit? The Bible teaches me that they war against each other. Well, you know, I grew up on a farm, and I remember a lot of things about it. But we used to have stray dogs come around. Seemed like there wasn't much anywhere for them to go, like a dog pound or anything like that. So they just wandered from place to place. And if somebody liked them well enough, they'd bring them in and feed them. But how many of you know the one you feed gets stronger? The one you don't feed, he won't hang around long. Daddy always said, don't feed that one, he's not staying. So you look at your life, which one have we been feeding? Have we been feeding that spirit man? And let me affirm in you today that that's who you really are. You know, my name is Dan Neal, and I'm from Jackson, Ohio. But what you're looking at today is not the real Dan Neal. The real Dan Neal is down deep inside of me, and he, he, he is a spirit, just like God is a spirit. Amen? Amen? But he's given me this fleshly tent to walk around in, to move about through people, to move about in my community. You know, I'm so glad that he drew me. Can you go back down memory lane just a moment and remember when you got born again? Oh, hallelujah. For the born again experience. <clears throat> the born again experience changed my life forever. I've never been the same. I got saved at 17 in the bottom basement of a jail cell. Sounds a little bit like Apostle Paul. He wrote a lot of our letters from a jail. Did you know that? I didn't write a letter, but I sure cried out to the one that loved me. And that changed my life forever. I come out different. It was almost like I was changed from dead to life. And then the journey starts and the war begins. You know, we heard, uh, as, J as Pastor J.C. said, we heard a lot about being in a season of war. Well, I want to confirm that this morning. And before I ever went to the conference, God gave me a word. And I believe that word is for you today. And it's going to be taken out of the book of Ephesians if you have your Bible and you're uh, wanting to turn there or if you use your phone, however you want to do it. But let's, let's get in the Word of God today and begin to uh, look into the perfect law of liberty. You know the Word of God is meant for you to look into. And when you look into it, it's like looking into a mirror. Do you see yourself there? It's already done. That's the good news. When Jesus hung on the cross... And he cried out because of the ones that put him there and said, Forgiven, Father, they know not what they do. What forgiveness? What forgiveness was flowing that day? 
and still does today. People don't know what they're doing. Our leaders don't know what they're doing. We know that. But the next thing he said, it's finished. It's finished. The work of the cross is done. And from that point on, it's about you and I discovering ourselves in Him. Isn't that great? We're like on an expedition. I'm sure most of you sitting in here have heard of Lewis and Clark back in the history books. They were, they were uh, people that went about and they discovered things. They were on expeditions. So it is with us with life. We are discovering it's just like I've heard testimonies about how you have, how you have uh, 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 attained this building and how the timing was right. That's discovering the goodness of God. And we've all been blessed to be able to discover. But if we're not looking, if we're not pressing on, we'll not find what really we can find in Jesus Christ for us. So that we might be able to disperse it. See, when I walk into a restroom and I hit the disperser for soap. You see, I look at myself and say, when people push on me, let them dispense grace from my life. Let them dispense grace from my life. If you get up and get antibacterial, now they got them where all you got to do is stick your hand under there and it falls out. You don't even have to push it. Sometimes we need to understand that people may not push on us, but when they walk by. You see, I remember a man named Peter. That when he walked by, it says that his shadow began to do a work like nobody had ever done before. Come on, his shadow fell on some man and healed him right on the spot. See, we're, we're, we're not there yet, are we? I've cried out. I remember years ago in 2000, I believe it was 2001, God was moving me in a major direction, asking me to depart from something that was benefiting my life. And I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but what's going to happen when, when that money runs out? He says, don't worry about it. Don't, I got you covered. I got you covered. You see, I remember those days, and I stepped away from something, only to gain something. And the Lord told me in my heart that time when I was saying, I'll step away if you lead me, Lord. Just lead me, Lord. And He said, I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a man who would just surrender all to me. I'm looking for a man who doesn't put his focus upon this world's goods. I'm looking for a man that would give me his whole heart and follow me. You see, if you go back and look at the Scripture about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, they didn't take their homes with them. They didn't take what they were used to doing. They left it behind and followed Jesus. Now, what's that look like today? We don't see it. But I'll tell you what, he's dealing with this old boy's heart because he told me, he said, if you will just lay down, lay down your life and pick up my cross and follow me, I will change the world with you. You see, your pastor referred to a couple of gentlemen out of the pulpit. John Wesley was one of them. You see, he laid everything down and went. 
And was he a world changer? You read the history books. You see, God is after the heart. He's after the heart. That's why he called David a man after my own heart. God is after the heart. You can't hide in your heart. God sees every heart. You might fool me. You might fool your pastors. But you can't fool God. And there's no use to try because it doesn't work. What works is total surrender and total submission to where we begin to let God be God inside of us and renewing everything in us and especially our mind because the mind is a battleground. This morning I have seven strategic battlefields of your life that I want to share with you. You see, um, turn with me to uh, Ephesians 6, and I'm going to start at verse 10 through 18. Hallelujah. Before I do that, Father, once again, we bow before you, and we thank you. We are humbled by your presence in this house. Thank you for the sweet worship. Thank you for the leaders. Lord, I pray that you will refresh them consistently, continually, that they will always know that their position is so special in the kingdom of God. Let their anointing rise within them every time, and may their excitement always be there to lead your people because they are worshiping you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And may our focus always be upon you. Lord, I pray that this word this morning will penetrate our hearts that it will cause us to grow, that it will refresh us and, re and renew us, and it will strengthen us from the, on the inside in our inner man. Lord, I pray this, I believe this, and I trust you to do it. And Lord, when it's all over said and done, may you be glorified, and may the enemy be terrified, and may your people be edified. In the precious holy name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen. Are you there? Let's start. He said, finally. Somebody say, finally. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So where are we going to be strong at? In the Lord. Not in Dan. Not anything that Dan has. But be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. What power is that? How much power is that? It's as much power as you give Him in your life. You serve a great big God. The creator of all things, including me, including you. All things were created by Him and for Him. And everything exists because He exists. No other reason. He is the one. He's the ultimate. He's the greatest. He's the one that can anoint a man to lay his staff on the Red Sea and it just backs up and dries the ground up so they can cross over. Hallelujah. He's the one that has such a heart for you and me that he sent his own son through a virgin Mary to be born to become the Savior of the world. What love the Father has bestowed upon us. And by receiving Jesus Christ, I come out of darkness and translated into light. 
the light of the glorious gospel, which I try to understand and read and dissect and, and, and go into and dive into it. And Jeremiah said it like this. He said, I found your words and I ate them. How do you eat the word of God? You know it's not by taking a bite out of the Bible. It's by letting it come into you. It's by opening up your, your, your being and meditate upon the Word of God. You see, I think sometimes us Christians, we forget how powerful the Word of God is. The Hebrew writer put it like this. He said, the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide the soul from the spirit, even down to the marrow of the bone. How far is the marrow? It's the very core of your being. You see, when you let the Word of God come through your eye gate, and as we heard yesterday, read it out loud. Read it out loud. Because not only are you seeing it, you're hearing it. My wife gets a kick out of me sometimes, like she did this weekend, because I usually go into my, my study time, and she don't see me. But you know, in a, in a motel room, you don't have two rooms, unless you want to go in the bathroom, and I wasn't thrilled about that. <laughs> Didn't have a good seat in there. But uh, I was sitting there, and I, what I do when I study, I listen to praise and worship music through my earbuds, and I read the Word of God. And I don't listen to just any praise and worship. I listen to what I feel the Lord has let me listen to because I asked years ago, I'll drop this little nugget to you. When I was first really getting interested in really sharing the gospel, I asked my pastor, I said, Pastor, how do you do it? He said, what do you mean, how do you do it? I said, how do you keep yourself from the things of the world and the, the people that, that inject things and this and that and all the, all the other stuff that tries to bombard our minds as Christian people. As, and he goes, I don't let anything in my eye gate or my ear gate that does not minister to my spirit. What a nugget. What a nugget. I don't let anything in. Because when you don't let anything but Jesus, through song, through worship, through the Word, through good books that you know men and women have gotten by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, perhaps. Of course, I just like the Bible. But I learned this too, folks, that when Jesus come and He did what He did and He gave it to us to receive by faith, He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but I'm sending one to you. And His name is the Holy Spirit. And He will be what? Your comforter, your teacher. Oh, wait a minute, your teacher? Holy Spirit's the teacher. I began to put a demand upon the Holy Spirit to teach me. How many of you love it when somebody comes to you and they're in dire strait and they came to you because they believed that you were walking in the right direction, that you had something in your life that was, was worth them coming after and they sat down with you and you got to pour out into their lives? And you got to pray with them perhaps or maybe even lead them to Christ. What a joy it is that bubbles up within you when you give yourself away. We sang the song this morning, Lord, help me to give myself away. Because there is a replenishing effect 
And the joy of the Lord is involved in it all. Because we are a reciprocation of the holy anointing of God that comes down from heaven. Even Jesus himself said, glorify your son so your son can glorify you. So here we are today. We are recipients of teaching by the Holy Spirit. Don't lean on your own understanding. He tells us not to do that. Proverbs 3 talks about, lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all of your ways that He might direct your path. You see, Holy Spirit is God on the earth today. And He's the one that's walking with us, loving us, empowering us. Amen? Setting us up. As we lean on Him to direct our steps, He says the steps of a good man are ordered. Ordered. Not just happenstance. Ordered by the Lord. So it is. Look for the Lord in everything that you're doing. Hallelujah. But no, we're in this war that we're talking about. Let me get back to the Scripture. In the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles! That tells me there's going to be some crazy stuff, Brother Corey. There's going to be some stuff that I don't even recognize. Hey, that's going on now. I can't figure it out. I ain't met nobody that can. So we're going to stand against the wiles of the devil by putting on whose armor? Oh, I got mine over here. No, no, no. I got to get into the Word of God and let the Word of God suit me up. Hallelujah. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual uh, hosts of wickedness in uh, heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be, a, be, uh, be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. You've done all you know to do. You've got to, you know how to put on the whole armor of God? Is apply the whole word of God to your whole life. There is nothing left out in the book of books that can't cover your life. It's just about us allowing it to do what God sent it to do. Amen? Hallelujah. Loving Jesus more than I love anything else in this world. Loving Jesus more than I love my wife. Loving Jesus more than I love my children. Loving Jesus more than I love myself. Hallelujah. And as much as He's done for me, it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard. But you see, there's a lot of things that dangle in front of our eyes. How many of you know we're very visionary people? That's why they have so many billboards. That's why they have so many commercials. You know, if you do watch some TV, you'll find out that there's as much commercial anymore as there is showtime. Been noticing that. It's like, when is it going to come back on? I've been watching Gunsmoke. I'd like to see where Festus is at. You gotta wait like three minutes, five minutes before they come back on. But you got you know what I'm talking about. But the 
The life to be lived in Jesus Christ is the most fulfilling, most satisfying, most beneficial life that you and I can choose to live. And the thing that I come to realize is I don't do it by myself at all. I do it without self. I do it by surrendering. I do it by submitting myself to the Lord that I walk with. Which we heard this yesterday as well. We don't belong to ourselves any longer. You see, we have a hard time with that. Because He's so gentle and He's so kind that He allows us free choice. He allows us to be a free moral agent. But you see, the way He gains us is through our heart. And He says, I want you to know my love enough that you're willing to do the good work that I've called you to do. You see, there's no better good work than to give out the gospel of Jesus Christ, to win the loss for the Lord, to teach them in the Word of God. Every one of us should have disciples following us. Amen. Amen. I challenge you in the next year of your life to fill up your pew with your disciples. Amen. Amen. You know, if each one begins to reach one, that's all it takes. And it starts... To get, ask God to put somebody in your life that you have a heart for. You may already have that person. You may have been praying for that person. Then begin to befriend that person. Don't talk to them about Jesus in the beginning, but get in their life and befriend them. Take them somewhere and bless them. Build a relationship that will cause them to see Jesus in you. Amen? I'm preaching to Dan too. Don't think that this word's just for you. It's for me too. Amen. I need to be more of a person to look out for other people. And I'm getting to that here in just a little bit. But he says, stand therefore. So he told us when we've done all to know to do to stand. And now he's saying, stand therefore. Again. So there's something to this standing. Having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the, of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication, being watchful to the end, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. All saints. Boy, what if we got a prayer meeting going on across the nation that stuck together on a daily basis, that took five minutes out of their busy day to say a prayer that God would move in America, that God would use His bride. How many of you know that Revelations talks about the bride that will make herself ready? There's a, there's a readiness that has to happen in all of us that we are watching for the Master. We are watching for the Bridegroom. We're watching for the Lord, the Savior of my life, to split the eastern sky. But like your pastor said this morning, He's not coming back until we're ready. And we're not going to be ready unless we've done His work for Him. He knows what He needs to do. He's looking for people who will let Him move through them so they can not only do the work, but experience life themselves. Amen. It's a co-laboring effect. <clears throat> and God is wanting to do something in this season 
of war. Don't be discouraged, please. Discouraged means you've lost your courage. But the Lord told us through Joshua, He said, Be strong and good, of good courage, for I am with you. You see, when I walk into some place that I've got to do something, I know the Lord's with me. Do you? I'll go to work. The Lord's with me. I go out to do a deal. The Lord's with me. Going shopping. The Lord's with me. But sometimes I just need to be stirred up. How about you? A stirring within my bosom that reminds me that I am anointed. That I am a vessel. A temple of God. The Holy Spirit is alive and well within me. And sometimes you've got to do the same thing. Allow the Holy Spirit to stir you to the point that your awareness rises up and you're sensitive. Did you know that the, world, the, the enemy's camp is trying so desperately to desensitize us? That we'll get so passive that we'll receive anything of the dark. Well, you're a church. Let me read a statement to you. It says, for too long the church has sympathized with weakness and defeat without celebrating strength and success. You see, we should be celebrating that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We should be celebrating that we are a successful people. We're not based upon numbers. Listen, God is not looking to fill a house. He's looking to fill our hearts. To fill our hearts and the house will come filled. You see, I got to look at myself. Am I affecting my area? Am I being diligent in the things of God in my area? I'm not called to the world. I'm called to my geographical area where I have been planted. And so it is you are. Warsaw belongs to you. The people of Warsaw are depending upon you. To allow God to do His work through you. And the joy that's unspeakable and full of glory lives inside of you and will well up on the inside of you when you spend time with the Lord and His Word and become the bride that He calls you and say, Lord, I am yours. Come into me. Whatever you want to do, change my heart. Change my life. Give me fresh vision. Refresh me. Rekindle the fire. Blow your breath upon me that I'll burn with a fervent fire that others might see. You see, I love to be on fire. I love that version of John Wesley when he said, they'll come and watch me burn. You know, I remember what Jeremiah said. He said, it's like a fire. He tried to hold it back. But he said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Oh, for the day that the church of the living God has a revelation of the fire that has been put in them, that they have been called to a dark world to burn with fervent fire like the burning bush that Moses saw or Abraham saw upon the mountain. He looked at it and it was burning and it amazed him. And, but it did not consume that same fire is in you this morning. That same fire is what the people that are lost and undone are looking for. Did you know that every one of them were created with a void in them that only Jesus can fill? Only Jesus. I'm so glad He's in me. Aren't you? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. He puts a smile on my face, a joy in my life. You know, I've learned that 
that when problems come, problems will go. I'm not immune to them. But you know, my attitude toward them makes a big difference. When I realize that, you know what, it's going to work out for my best. I've learned to let my enemies bless me. Think of that. You know how? God showed me one time. You know, the Holy Spirit's amazing. He'll teach us a lot of things we don't know. I said, how do I, you know, how am I supposed to live with my enemies, Lord? You tell me in the Beatitudes, you know, to bless those that despitefully use you and say vile things about you and these and that. And I said, how do I do that? He said, I'll show you an example. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and you know the Garden of Gethsemane means a place of pressing, place of squeezing, pressing, like a wine press or an oil, uh, olive press. You know, you press what's there and what's inside comes out. The good stuff. Mm, the good stuff. Well, Jesus was getting pressed. Soldiers come in and you know who betrayed him. Old Judas. He, he went and took the 20 pieces of silver, I believe it was, and told him where he's at. He said, I'll show you him. Went up to him and kissed him. They seized him right there. But how many of you know that was God's timing? God's timing. How many of you know God was still in control right then? He's on his throne and he wasn't nervous at all. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. When John the Baptist baptized him, a dove come down out of heaven. The form of a dove, not a dove. But anyway, he's coming up, coming out of the garden. And he, and he just got pressed. But he, the Lord showed me that Jesus, Judas was his, was his friend but became his enemy. Now, if the enemy exposed him for his destiny, does that still not work today? Peter went in, and Peter took the ear off the sword. And what did he say to Peter, who was his friend? Get behind me, Satan. You see, sometimes our friends keep us from our destiny, but our enemies will get us there. You see, I learned that a few years ago, and I learned in the last few 20 years of my life to let my enemies do things for me. Well, how does that work, Pastor Dan? Well, I was trying to start a business one time about 10 years ago, and, the, and all the people raised up against it. They brought in inspectors, they brought in other people of authority, and they go into my place, and they check everything out and found nothing. Because you see, when God gives you something to do, He will not only protect you, He will bless you. So I began to start the business, all the while being set up by the Lord to do something that I didn't know I was going to have to do. Well, I didn't have to pay for all those inspections that they brought in for me. I didn't have to go prove anything to them because they come out and looked at me. I had conversation with them and they said, it's all right, everything looks good on your end, Mr. Neal. So he delivered word to the folks that didn't want me to be there. Then one day I got a call from the township trustee to come to a meeting. He said, can you help me with this? I said, what can I do? He said, come to a meeting. 
So I went to the meeting, and there was people there that was in, uh, I guess you would call, angry at me. And I stood up when they gave me my turn, and I said, I want to tell every one of you here today that I in no way, shape, nor form want to hurt my community. I in no shape nor form will do anything illegal. I only want to bring peace into my community and glorify my God. And if you have an odd toward me, I'd like to resolve that tonight. You see, not only did they try to stop me and God protected me and gave me favor, now he's setting me up to see how I will take care of my heart. The gentleman stood up and he said, I got this problem with you and this problem with you and this problem with you. I said, I appreciate you saying that, John. I said, please forgive me. You see, it's all about bringing peace into every situation. I said, I will do whatever it takes to correct anything that anybody has a problem with. Because nothing belongs to me. God only sends me. God only sets me up. And God expects me to take responsibility to be His representative, His steward over anything and everything that God has brought into my life. Does that make sense to you? That includes our job. That includes everywhere we go. If a cashier gives me more money back than what I'm supposed to get and I catch it, I better give it back. These are things that stick out to people. When you go into business meetings on any account and you are about righteousness... You will get self out of the way and say, I don't care what they say about me. Did Jesus take it upon his heart to take offense to anything people said about him? No, he did not. He brought glory to the Father by bringing peace. And this is what the preparation of the gospel will do in our lives. Our feet, look down at your feet and say, I got some beautiful feet. Amen. Isn't that what his word says? Blessed are the feet. That, are, that deliver the, peace, or the word of God, the peace of God. Preparation of the gospel inside of our hearts will produce fruit in the time or the season that it's needed. You may think, I can't do this thing, but when God sets you up to do it, bless His holy name, you will do it and do it with success because that's Him. That's Him in us. Now, if you try to take it on yourself and get your own feelings involved and get whatever it is, your thoughts involved, you may not. Because in my flesh, I cannot. I take offense sometimes. But I'm learning to yield that fleshly temple that God has given me to be steward over to the leading of the Holy Spirit and to the God who created it that it might come into obedience to what the Scripture is teaching me. Hallelujah. There's, there's winners in this game. There's winners. We are the winners. That's why we're just still discovering for our own life. We're still seeing the manifestation of what's already been done. See, my eyes need to be opened. My heart needs to be open, ready to receive. I need to know what God is saying in this hour. And I need to know the, the voice of the shepherd in a greater measure so that I will not miss a moment that is, accurate, or that is uh, effective for the kingdom of God. But listen to this. There are losers and there's winners in this war that we're in. Let me tell you about both of them. The loser would say, 
They're getting beat up. But the winner would say, I'm fighting forward. Fighting forward. The loser would say, I'm defeated most days. But the winner would say, victorious most days. The loser would say, identity self as a survivor. The winner would say, identity self as a conqueror. We're not just survivors, we're conquerors. In Christ. The loser would say, the circumstances are, con are controlling me. But the winner would say, controlling my circumstances. The loser would say, I work for life. But the winner would say, I make life work for me. The loser would say, I'm reactionary. But the winner would say, I'm proactionary. Isn't it time we played offense? Isn't it time we quit backing up? We can't, we can't quit, quit backing up into our place that we don't get exposed to no one? Or we don't want to stick our, ourselves out there where we might get hurt? Because of rejection? Because of whatever reason? We all deal with it. But isn't it time we are proactionary and we get offensive? Because we know, you've got to know, time is getting short. There's a move of God coming that's going to require each and every one of us. As the man said earlier, Luke, I believe it was, said, foot soldiers. We got to see ourselves not only as the family of God, but as the militant of God, the army of God, who is equipped with the full armor of God that we might be clothed in it, saturated in it, applied to every area of my life so that I can respond out of the strength of God out of the glory of God and see the difference happen right before my eyes. I will no longer be backward or timid, but I will be bold and strong in the Lord. The loser would say, I live for the moment. But the winner would say, I have a long-term plan to walk with Jesus. The loser would say, toss to and fro. But the winner would say, moving straight forward. Moving straight forward. Wasn't it the Apostle Paul that said, I pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in God by Christ Jesus? Sure it was. He had a goal. He had a focus. Did you notice anything about the armor of God that protected the backside? You won't. There was nothing said about taking care of the backside because we're always going forward into what God has placed before us. I can't go back and fix my mistakes, change my past in any way. Please don't let it hold you. It's a lie from the pit of hell because God says when you confess it to Him, He forget it. Not only did He forgive it, He forgot it. Throwed it in the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again against me. I used to sing a song called, What Sin? What sin are you talking about? The forgiveness of God takes care of it. See, He knew you before you was ever born. Didn't He tell Jeremiah, He said, I knew you while you were substance in your mother's womb? So it is with all of us. God knew us in seed form and brought us forth through the families we belong to and placed us in the communities that we belong to. Hallelujah, for a purpose, to answer the call to perform His will in our lives. I met an African yesterday and the day before 
Got a funny name. He goes by Chooks. <laughs> JC knows who I'm talking about, Corey. But I fell in love with him. As soon as we seen each other, there was an eye contact. And I have a love for other races. How about you? And I looked at him, and I wanted to talk with him, and we got to talking. I told him, I said, I want you to pray for me, because he shared some testimony. He gave up a large church in Nigeria. I don't know how many thousands. He's still over five churches. But he said, God called me to America. God called me to America. Why? Americans, perhaps aren't doing what God wants done. Just saying. We all got to look inside. Judgment first starts at the house of the Lord. But I listened to the man talk. He said, I don't have much. But God, he walks by faith, folks. He doesn't know where his next money's coming from. He's got a small gathering of people in Missouri. Where? Minnesota, I'm sorry. Minneapolis, Minnesota, that God called him to because a friend had traveled over there and spoke to his heart about the need in America. And he feels God called him to America and give up his big church and start over. But here's his response. I am so blessed by the Lord with a smile across his face that I can come and experience the Lord all over again building a church with nothing. Woo! What a testimony to give it all up and say, I'm enjoying the blessing of God by faith every day. I don't know how I'm going to pay whatever, but I know God will pay when, when the need arises Amen. by faith. Whew. That's a lot of faith, church. So I want this man to pray for me. He takes me out into a different place and he lays hands on me mm. and he, pray, he looks at me and he goes what do you want the Lord to do today I said I'm reminded of a verse Bishop Chukes Romans 12 2 said be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of my mind that I might be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I said, I don't want the good no more. I don't want the, I want the perfect will of God. I don't want the acceptable. I've acceptable too long. I've just got the acceptable. I want the perfect will of God for my life. And that's what he prayed for me, Brother Corey. And there was something happened to me. You know, when it's all over said and done, and the Lord does come back, that's what I'm interested in knowing. It's where I've done what He wants me to do. And what I'm going to take with me is only what He allowed me to do for Him. None of this world's goods, none of my intellectual understanding of anything's going with me. What's going with me is what I've done for the Lord. Have I won the lost? Have I been in obedience to the Lord to carry out what the assignment of my life? You see, the assignment of my life is more important than anything else. 
but I'm going to whiz through these battlefields real quick. The first battlefield is your mind. We've got to let the blocks, the building blocks that run through our mind daily, only keep those that are edifying to you. Only keep those that build your mind up in the Lord. Did you know your mind is where all the battles are decided? And the only one that has the power to change your mind is you. You have the power to cause your mind to run on the track that you want it to run on. You don't have to let the thoughts that the enemy throws in about any kind of ill-gotten gain, perversion. None of that has to stay. And I know we all are, are hit with it at times. Anger, any of those thoughts that come don't have to remain because you decide right then, do I think about it or do I get rid of it? Amen? You are in authority. God will never make you, and the enemy can't make you. So that puts the responsibility back in me. Number two is your heart. The heart is the intersection of the spirit, soul, and body. It affects each one, and, and the root of bitterness will defile your pure heart. There are scriptures that goes along with that. If you want to copy this before I leave, just say so. But I know my time's getting short. Your heart is so special. It's the only place that God says to guard. Guard your heart. Guard it. Don't let it get bitter. Don't let it get messed up. Don't let it get unhealthy. Do you know many saints are out of church because of hurt feelings that they allowed to bring roots into their heart and remain today? You can talk to many people out there and they say, well, so-and-so at that church hurt me. They're holding on to something they need not holding on to. But the enemy has lied to them. Many people have come through broken relationships and hold on to hurt. Oh, you can bury it. You can bury it in your heart, but it still remains. Only when you come clean with the Lord Jesus Christ and let Him have all of you. Every stitch of you, every fiber of your being, surrendered, hurts, wounds. And then all you'll have is some scars like him that you can show somebody else. Your words. How many of you know you have the power of life and death in your tongue? How many of you know you, you, you form your own future with your words? You create your future with your words. You create your situations with your words. Amen. We need to guard our words and make sure that they are saying what we need them to say when we need to say them. Amen. Amen. The Word of God comes out of me. The next thing is our body. He wants us to be healthy and, and strong, to finish the race strong to cross the finish line, that we can say like the Apostle Paul said, I, I have done the work. I have kept the faith. It's now my time for departure. I have poured myself out like a drink offering. Amen. Like a drink offering. What does drinking water do for you? I don't know about you, but it refreshes me. I've learned to like water better than any drink that I drink. 
because I think about the benefits of water. And it reminds me of the Lord's goodness. It reminds me of my responsibility to pour back out water on dry ground. Water, which means love, which means grace, which means mercy, which means words of affirmation, words of, of challenging anybody in my conversation, no matter if it's one at Walmart or one in a church. It's everywhere I go. You see, the Spirit of God is in me. It's not in this building. It's in here because you're in here. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we carry it everywhere. Number five is your money. Don't put too much emphasis on your money, but believe God. Believe God in all things. Hallelujah. Because He wants us to be able to give. He doesn't want Christians to be paupers. He don't want them to be enslaved to wondering where's going to be my next meal. Brother Chooks chooses to live that way because that's how God has prepared his heart. And he believes God enough that it comes. Hallelujah. I ain't met too many that does that. I work a job. How about you? I go out and earn. But see, I'm going to be effective in my workplace. One way or the other, we're effective. <laughs> Either way, we're effective. Down at the store, down at the gas station, are we looking for opportunities? Are we just simply being friendly? I'll say this about your pastor. I love his heart. We went out to eat the other evening there in uh, Sturgis and had this waitress... Nice girl, big smile. And, be, and before I noted, he's asking her, is there anything we can pray for you with or for? Isn't that great? Hallelujah, she said, pray for my anxiety. So we prayed. Amen? We're looking for opportunities to share what we've been blessed with. Last but not least is your relationships. You know we need each other. In these last days, if an army is going to be formed, it's not about armies that are linking arms together physically, but it's about people linking arms spiritually. I believe I'm here today to be connected more to you than I have ever before in my life. I never have been in Warsaw, Indiana, but I'm here today by divine ordinance of God, placing it in the hearts of your pastors. And I believe that I'm here to affect something somewhere, maybe your life or somewhere else. I'm not sure, but I want to be effective anywhere and everywhere I go. I want there to be a sensitivity of the Holy Spirit in my life that I've never had before. I read about a man named Watchman Nee one time that's, that wrote many books that I have read a few of. Maybe didn't complete them, but I tried to. I'm not a great reader, but I, I love the Bible and I do read my Bible. But, but I, I read about this man named Watchman Nee who loved God who loved him with all of his heart with all of his soul with all of his mind and with all of his strength and he depended on God and God would bring him revelation that would stir him up and he wanted to put the pen to the paper but he lived in a communist nation and they put him in jail and, and he still wrote his books in jail just like the apostle Paul but there come a day when they wanted to stop that and they come in and they cut his hands off and, he, and, he, and he couldn't 
write no more. So he had people come and visit with him and he began to translate it to him after he healed up and got straightened up. And then the, the, at the last of his life, they come in and cut his tongue out. But I'm telling you right now, I believe there was something in the man of God named Watchman Nee that was still there crying out to God from his heart saying, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I glorify you. Though I suffer in the flesh, let it be for the furtherance of your gospel. Listen to me this morning. Listen, no matter what you got to go through to get the gospel out, let it happen because that little bit of suffering won't matter to nothing. Because God is worthy of me being obedient to give away the good news, to get out there in the community and live my life before people, before man that would not only look at me but glorify my God in me and know something that they could probably run to whenever their need arises. You see, I believe, and I'm going to prophesy this right now, that the days ahead are going to be days when people come looking for you. You may not be looking for them, but they're looking for you. And you just need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to begin to use you. Hey, listen, don't worry about what you're going to say before you get there. Don't worry about how they're going to respond till you get there. Just know that you know that you know that what is inside of me needs to be felt in somebody else's life. And when I get in the right situation, the Holy Spirit of the living God will, will prompt me. It will unction me. And I will speak a word on His behalf. I will touch some... Oh, touch somebody. Man, I remember that old song. You remember it, CJ, JC. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. And now I know. He touched me, and he made me whole. Now, if you're whole, and you touch somebody else, hmm, see, you need to know your touch is powerful. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let it be shikid in my Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the name of the Lord Most High. We honor you in this place, Lord. We're thankful, Lord, that you are our God. And there is no other like you, Lord. There is no other God beside you. We declare it out tonight or this morning, Lord, that, that we're going to walk in your ways all the days of our life, Lord. And there will be no other before you. We'll lay down any kind of idol, any kind of uh, disagreement with you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, bless this couple, Lord. We just thank you for everyone in this church, Almighty God. And for those in the back doing the children ministry, we thank you, Lord, this morning. And we pray, God. God Almighty, there be a stirring within each one of us. I thank you, Lord, that the fire of God that you have described in your word, that is the refiner's fire, begins to burn again within each and every one of us where it might have got dim. It's coming back out. It's going to burn bright and clear. And it's going to show us the way. It's going to give us because you are the way. And you're going to take us into places we didn't think about going. You're going to touch our hearts and cause us to respond to the leading that you have set before us. 
Good shepherd, would you lead us into the paths of righteousness for your name's sake? Let the Holy Spirit be the power that takes us into those places. And Lord, if it need be, we'll cast out the devils. If it need be, Lord, we'll heal the sick. If it need be, Lord, we'll call things that are not as though they were. If it need be, Lord, and we believe there is a need in our communities. So God, we receive the assignment and we receive your power to accomplish the task in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, may this place flow like never before. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, today that there's an open heaven over this house, over your people. Our homes will be a sanctuary to you. For we know that every, everything starts at home. So, Lord, I praise you, God, that every home represented here will become a sanctuary on purpose. If they don't have an altar in their home, let them make one. If they don't have a desire, give them one. Hallelujah. And may they receive the results that comes from putting you first in every way, everything. If they haven't already. If they have already, Lord, just pour it on them. Just pour it on more and more and more, Lord. We need more for these days we're living Hallelujah. We need more to stand. To stand as your people. Upon the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Have your way here, Lord, in everything. Bless this church. Bless these leaders. Lord God, Pastor J.C. and Vanessa and Corey and Denise, Luke and Connie, the ones I know, and J.C.'s daughter in worship, God. Lord, I just pray, and every congregation member, I just pray, Lord. That your, your blessing would flow without stopping. Flow every day. Healing, forgiveness, whatever they need, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. And may you alone be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. I appreciate the opportunity. Come, J.C. Pastor J.C., come and finish up or whatever you want to do. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot O-R-G. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.